Well, hello, 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 and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, indeed. Welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. It is episode number 67. Yes, 67. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer. A beautiful weekend, one week before Memorial Day, and I will include this here at the top because those of you who are loyal Kikiers have been following the plight around here in my great city of Boston. COVID restrictions will be lifted. Memorial Day weekend, Saturday, May 29th, just in time for a great summer. The big gay summer is upon us. Hallelujah. You'll hear that phrase a lot over the next few months. Uh, But welcome in. We're all in a good mood. I mentioned before Memorial Day just seems more alive, doesn't it? The the leaves are greener. The sun is shining. It just, the world feels much more alive. There's no doubt about that. Um, I do not have a guest for you this week. Uh, Next week, I'm pretty excited about a potential guest, which probably means that it'll fall through because I feel like in the past when I've teased guests, uh, they have fallen through. But yes, even though it is a long holiday weekend next week, I'll be kiki and don't worry, we always have time for a kiki, as we say. There are a few notes I want to talk about on this week's show, some uh, touch on themes that we've talked about the last few weeks that I want to wrap in a nice bow, and then I want to talk about LGBTQ activism on college campuses and how athletes are playing a big role in that. I worked on a story this week for another outlet talking to some outsports favorites, and uh, I I learned a few things, and I think that, because when you talk about activism in 2021, you think, eh, well, how superfluous is this? I mean, the LGBTQ movement, gay marriage, uh, you know, can't get fired due to your sexual orientation now, thanks to the Supreme Court ruling last summer. What, what more is there to fight for on these campuses? Isn't it all just this woke garbage? Well, actually, no. Actually, no. A lot of LGBTQ activists on college campuses are still fighting for what they've always fought for, and that's visibility. Not everybody goes to school in New York or Los Angeles. In fact, most don't. So it was an interesting little endeavor that I'd like to uh, talk about as well. But I would be remiss if I did not start off the podcast this week, uh, unfortunately on a bit of a downer, but I I do just want to take care of this off the top. Uh, Don Ennis, our managing editor, our fearless leader, has stepped down. Uh, She's left out sports. This week, she's off to pursue a master's degree in journalism at the University of Hartford, where she currently teaches. She's also taking on a new position at Forbes, one of my old stomping grounds. So congratulations to Don. Anytime you can call yourself a Forbes staffer, that is very sexy indeed. Um, Those of you who are diehard kikiers may know that Don was the first ever guest on this podcast, and that really embodies... What she meant to Outsports in her two plus years at the helm, what she meant to me in my year and a half so far at the site. She is a great editor, yes. She has a keen eye for news, yes. She's a great journalist, yes. But most importantly, she's a great person and she was always willing to help out. Uh, Outsports has been a godsend for me mentally over the last year and a half. And that was especially the case when I first came on board. I took a job in the State House 
here in Massachusetts. I left my dream gig working full-time in sports talk radio, and that job blew up in my face. It did not work out. I was out in about two months and then didn't really know what to do. And uh, I had a relationship with Sid, so I saw that a deputy managing editor slot was open at OutSports. Uh, I got in touch with Don uh, through the application process, and uh, I... I was welcomed with open arms, and the process could not have been better, it could not have been smoother, and I started feeling good about myself again, and working here has been a big part of that, and Don has thus been a big part of that. You know, we, we've heard so much about, I mean, not to make it all about me, but that that's what Don has meant to me. Uh, it, she's just been incredible, and we hear a lot about how people who have worked through COVID, it's been, they've had bosses who just have not been attuned to the realities of the world and they're overworked and they're overtired and they're miserable and they don't feel like they're part of anything. That's the opposite of what we've experienced here with Don. And you look at what we did last summer, last spring and summer, the Zoom quarantine chats. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, Don put those together and we all got together. I met many of you virtually, someday in person soon, but uh, it, but it was, it was, it made me feel warm in a time where there was not a lot of warmth, and that's that's how above and beyond Don went for Outsports. So I just wanted to say that off the top uh, about us going forward. We're gonna do what we've always done and have always done well, and that's tell the stories of LGBTQ athletes. I'm so happy to still be on board with Sid, Jim, and our great contributors. Um, you know, every story matters to people in our community. And most of all, every story is different. Just this week, I wrote about a gay sur- a gay hula-hooping surfer who lives in Mexico, and he ran away from home. His parents did not accept him being gay, so he said, all right, I'm going to start a brand new life for himself. He woke up on New Year's in a Mexican resort town. He went with his friends. His friends had deserted him, and there he was with nothing, no money to his name, just a surfboard and a hula hoop, and now he's studying, he has goals, he has a new life. I mean, wow, I get a bad email, and it sends my day into a tailspin. Imagine waking up stranded on the beach in a random resort town with nothing to your name except a surfboard and hula hoop. As I mentioned, I mean, imagine that. And that's just one of many stories that we told this week, this month at OutSports. They're all different, they're all special, and... You look back at my conversation a couple weeks ago with Jared Max, sports talk radio host. Why did he come out in May of 2011, 10 years ago this week, actually? Well, he came out because Rick Welts came out. Don Lemon came out. And also that week, Charles Barkley. Yes, Charles Barkley said in a radio interview he had gay teammates and had no problem with them at all. This is what he said at the time, 10 years ago, May 2011, Charles Barkley. First of all, every player has played with gay guys. It bothers me when I hear these reporters and jocks get on TV and say, oh no, no guy can come out in a team sport. These guys would go crazy. First of all, quit telling me what I think. I'd rather have a gay guy who can play than a straight guy who can't. I mean, that was 10 years ago. A vastly different crime climate than today. And Charles Barkley and allies said those words, and that gave Jared Max the final oomph that he needed to come out and be his true self. 
And he said the words. His career, he thought, was failing up until that point. He was not the person who he wanted to be. And some words from Charles Barkley got him to come out and be his true self. And that's that's why we keep doing what we're doing even in the year 2021. And that's why Pride Nights are back in much more full force than they were last year, certainly. Uh, it's special for people to see their favorite athletes hold up the rainbow flag. I mean, in baseball, there'll be Pride Nights throughout the month of June, and that's super cool because the baseball field, guess what? It's not always been an inclusive place to LGBTQ people. And a Pride Night is where a team and their players say LGBTQ people aren't just accepted. LGBTQ people are welcome. We want you here. You are as, as much a part of this as everybody else. And that's a message that I don't need to tell you all. We do not always hear in the world of sports and certainly have not heard historically in the world of sports. So I did want to close by plugging something I wrote for another publication. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I, I, I had the pleasure over the last couple weeks of talking to uh, many great athletes. We've profiled at OutSports. Uh, Megan Duthart, who's a rower at Washington State. Kamal is a uh, track star at Colorado State University. I've had, I've had the pleasure of meeting them over the last year. Plus, uh, Emma Gee was the first and only out athlete at Brigham Young University. She wrote her coming out story for Out Sports in 2019. I spoke with her for this article on a website called The Gay Goods. And basically, the premise is, what are LGBTQ activists up to on college campuses now? And it's interesting because... About 95% of college campuses, you would say, want to be LGBTQ inclusive at this point, or at least they want the perception to be that they are LGBTQ inclusive. Generation Z is the most liberal generation of all time. It's the most queer generation of all time. So to get the best and brightest, you need to show we are inclusive. 95 to 98%. I talked to Shane Winmeyer, who's uh, on Campus Pride, an organization, and that was his estimation, so I'm going off that. So all good, right? Schools have drag nights. They have inclusion chats. All good, right? What is there to be active about? Well, not the case. You know, you even look at a school like BYU that on the surface, you would say, hmm, the Mormon church is making some strides here. Emma told me about something that happened in 2018. BYU was hosting an event called Common Ground, which is an NCAA initiative where LGBTQ advocates meet with administrators from religious schools to, quote, explore how representatives of LGBTQ and faith-based communities can work more, more cohesively. Okay, sounds fair enough. It was the first time this event had been held at a Division I school. So again, you say, BYU. Sure, the honor code still exists. You can't drink caffeine. But look, they're having inclusion chats. Well, <laughs> Emma Gee paints a different picture. You remember around that time, BYU also stripped a rule banning behavior that reflects homosexual feelings, only to confirm that the same-sex relationship ban actually was still in place. So it's just an example of BYU valuing lip service over action because 
what happened in the lead up to Common Ground? Well, Emma told me that she was pushing BYU Athletics to add more inclusive spaces on campus. And her efforts were unsuccessful. In fact, she says an athletic administrator told her to her face, yeah, LGBTQ plus inclusion is not a note that we want to overplay. So that's what an administrator says right as they're putting on this Common Ground event. Yeah, we want to say that we're into the inclusion, but we don't want to overplay our hand. We are the Mormon church after all. (laughs) So what happened three weeks after Common Ground? A student in BYU's off-campus LGBTQ club, off-campus because not officially recognized by the school, jumped off the side of the business building and died. And police confirmed the fall was an attempted suicide. And that's just one of many stories. You know, Baylor won the national championship in basketball this year. I spoke to a student at Baylor named Veronica, who talks about how Baylor doesn't recognize her LGBTQ club. And about how Baylor does not investigate incidents of homophobia that she's reported. She came out. She ran the flag at the football game, the rainbow flag on the surface. Again, you go, oh, great, Baylor, even this Baptist University. Look at them. They're running the rainbow flag at football games. I mean, this is a get more inclusive than that. Well, she says Bible verses were left in front of her door. Threatening notes were left. She reports it to the school. Nothing. No movement. And by the way, they still won't officially recognize the LGBTQ club on campus. Basically saying, yeah, we want you, but we don't want to, you know, we want to keep you hidden, basically, if you're not going to officially recognize the club. So the way that we can apply this to our broader society, not just what's happening on college campuses, is that we hear so much about the phrase woke capitalism, and it's been co-opted by the right. And woke capitalism is like every other capitalism corporations are saying all the right notes about inclusion and social justice and equality because they think it's going to result in making them the most money. They are businesses after all. They are for-profit entities. They want to make money. And they think right now singing these songs is going to put more money in their coffers. So it is up to students on campus, college athletes on campus. It is up to all of us to ensure that their actions match up with their words. And it can be hard to differentiate between the fluff and BS, but we've got to do that. And that was just further uh, placed in my mind this week with the story that I was working on and some Outsports favorites who I got the chance to catch up with. So that's all I've got for you this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend or a week, depending on when you're listening to this. And I will talk to you all next Saturday. Oh, before I go, as always, I would be remiss if I did not say, you can hit me up on Twitter, at AlexDreamer1 is my username. That, again, is at AlexDreamer1. Against my better judgment, DMs are open. Send me any show ideas there. So long, I'll talk to you all next Saturday.